The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. Welcome to the broadcast. How in the world are you? This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So we have got uh, a ton of thumb, a ton of thumb, I can't even speak to that. Okay, we have got a lot of stuff to talk about if I could just move my tongue properly. Okay. You know, I was looking at all the headlines and I thought, you know what? We're going to start off with, we're just going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, maybe the, we'll call it the break room. Just the, just the headlines, the stories that, you know, you're in the break room and people are talking about these stories and you're really kind of know the story but you don't and you kind of want to have a just know what you're talking about a little bit so i'm going to give you a little go around the world real quick with some headlines just let you know what happened this past week this past week alone because i can't tell you almost every morning i wake up and i say that's amazing i can't believe this is going on and the next day, the same thing. So maybe, maybe I should have a ticker because we're around the world in three minutes. Russia says it will attack U.S. planes bombing the Syrian military. U.S. shoots down armed Iranian-made drone as tensions mount. Russia's defense minister said Friday it launched cruise missiles at ISIS targets in Syria, destroying command centers and ammunition depots. It's the latest example of complicated conflict in the skies over Syria. Now remember... Uh, those strikes follow the downing of a Syrian jet by the U.S. and two drones that were shot down by the U.S. It uh, back on fire in the Middle East, for sure. In uh, North Korea, uh, of course, uh, you know Otto Warmbier uh, passed away. Uh, once he arrived in the United States, he stayed alive for uh, a few days. And once he arrived here, uh, Thursday was the funeral. Um, he arrived here in the U.S. in a coma. I mean, it was unbelievable. Uh, North Korea, they uh, they say, look, uh, that's a mystery to us. <laughs> uh, whew, man, you know, I mean, it was botulism. That's the what it was when he that's, he got in contact with botulism uh, immediately after going to prison here, and uh, I don't think botulism is the same. In North Korea. I think maybe that could be the issue. And then, of course, in London, we had the uh, London fire. Horrible. Horrible. Uh, Police are now considering manslaughter charges, although I don't know who they're planning on charging with manslaughter. They're just investigating a possible criminal activities committed uh, toward the Grenfell Towers. Uh, they're already evacuating other buildings in London. 
Uh, some hundreds of people are being evacuated out of other buildings uh, in London due to their the siding that went up that's supposed to be a, a huge fire hazard. Uh, it was horrific. Uh, people couldn't get out of the building, and it burned hotter and longer, and, you know, it was it was just terrible. And I don't know that there's actually a crime that was committed, although you could say, well, they knew it would burn like that if, it caught fire. Well, are you? Do you know when it's going to catch fire? No. But we did have the song uh, by Simon Cowell that uh, the charity song, uh, "Bridge." And you know, you expect better from Simon. I mean, if you want to get the song and, uh, you know, donate and bless you, they'll, they need it. And or doing the song, and he, Simon got all the, you know, artists together and they did this, this tremendous, beautiful song. But you do expect better from Simon. I mean, I did anyway. Maybe it was just happened so fast that he couldn't quite make it as good as he wanted to. Right? I mean, I don't know. It's just that whole bridge over troubled water from Simon. I could play it for you. And I know a lot of people, uh, you know, thought it was uh, beautiful. And I guess so. It's beautiful if you're thinking of the horrific loss at the Grenfell Towers and what a cool thing it is. Uh, So, you know, I, I got it. But I expected a lot better from Simon Cowell, I'll tell you that. But you can, you know, artist for Grandfall, and it's on the UK iTunes chart. No problem. Okay. Now let's come back here to the United States. Shall we? Every day in this country, it is unbelievable. It doesn't matter. We're being bombarded every single day. Now, this story is actually... A United States story, but it happened in the United Kingdom, of course, from uh, the great actor Johnny Depp uh, in the UK, trying to be so European. Mr. Uh, I was born in Owensboro, Kentucky. Okay, Johnny, we got it. You're Mr. Sophistication. Uh, He talked about, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, assassinating the president of the United States of America. And hey, look, look, there was, I can't tell you uh, if he really wants to kill uh, the president. He says no. He says, no, 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 no. You're kidding me? I was just, look, I'm an actor. I lie for a living. When's the last time an actor uh, assassinated the president? Uh, We're probably going to get in trouble. Uh." Well, now he's, of course, Walk that back. Uh, whoa. Uh, no, I was. I meant no malice. I meant no malice at all. I was just uh, just talking off the off the cuff. Uh huh. Now, hopefully, the Secret Service they say that they're aware of the situation, but they're not. Uh, they're not allowed to comment on the investigations. So, hopefully. At least just to say, Johnny, uh, 
What are you thinking, douche? Get over yourself. We have the uh, Obama administration admitting, oh, geez, we sort of choked on that whole Russian uh, hacking election thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Never mind. Don't worry about it, though. It's Trump's fault. Man, does Trump suck, huh? Uh, No, I know it was us. Look, we choked a little and we knew about it. (laughs) I didn't want to. You know, I knew, look, uh, the people told me that they had it under control and I didn't want to do anything. I mean, I didn't want to say anything to, you know, the American people or anything because I didn't want to think that, to think that I sucked. <laughs> but we sure did kind of choke on that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you sure did. You sure did. <laughs> uh. And then our president, uh, Donald Trump, uh, had a speech, uh, kind of a campaign uh, thank you to Iowa for making me president. I've been the president of the United States for 150 days, and you people are wonderful. And uh, we've got more jobs than ever before, although that's not really true because, uh, you know, even as we speak, uh, jobs uh, in the Carolinas from Boeing are being laid off. But don't worry about that because I create jobs. That's what I do. And I want to tell the people of Iowa this. You know, look, we're in Iowa. I'm having a little campaign speech here. I want to talk about the greatness of my first 150 days and how smart I am. So if you're the president, why not? I don't know. Just tell them what you're thinking off the top of your head. We will build the wall. We need it. We need it. We have to stop the drugs from blowing in. Blowing? You know, people don't realize. Talking like me. We're already spending a lot of money on design. But I'll give you an idea that nobody has heard about yet. And I'm not sure, but I'm a builder. That's what I love to do. That's probably what I do best. I'm a builder. And we're thinking of something that's unique. We're talking about the southern border. Lots of sun, lots of heat. We're thinking about building the wall as a solar wall. Are we? So it creates See, they laugh. energy like, and pays for itself. <laughs> They're waiting for the punchline. Oh, wait, he's not joking. Oh. oh, yeah, 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 he's not joking. Hey. And this way, Mexico will have to pay much less money. And that's good, right? That's Is good. that good? Right. Is that good? You tell me that's good. Because... I told. I originally said it didn't matter at all. You're the no. first group I've told that to. It's solar wall. Yeah, Makes amazing. sense. Let's, Let's see. We're working it out. We'll see. Solar wall panels. Beautiful. I mean, actually, think of it. The higher it goes, the more valuable it is. It's like... Is it? Is it, Mr. President? Is pretty it? good imagination, right? Good. Pretty good imagination. My idea. So we My have idea. a good shot. That's one of the places that solar really does yeah. work. The tremendous sun and heat. It really does work there. So we'll see what happens with that. That would be great. And I think we could make it look beautiful, too. It would really look beautiful. So that would be nice. I can't take it. I don't think he really fully understands the whole solar thing. But uh, good for him. Good for him. I mean, I am looking forward to that. Solar wall, boy. Because we first didn't care if Mexico had to pay for it or not. They're going to pay for it, period. 
matter how much it costs. Now we're concerned that, you know what, it'll be cheaper for him. It'll be cheaper for him. Actually, no. No, uh, no, no, it doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. Um, anyone that's put in solar will tell you uh, how expensive it is. <laughs> but I'm sure, wait, maybe we can give uh, Mexico some government subsidies when they build the solar wall. Some U.S. subsidies to keep that solar wall going. And a lot of the solar panels and solar works for power and stuff really don't, it doesn't matter how close to the sun you are. It's a matter of holding the power and holding the power that you're getting from the daylight and the sun. You need batteries to keep everything alive, which they don't really have uh, honed perfectly yet, and it's really expensive to get the power of all those batteries. A lot of times you can't just have the batteries sitting there holding the power because they don't necessarily hold the power great. And then you got to keep them above 50% of charge. Otherwise, you lose the the old school batteries. Just like remember how your cell phone battery used to have to charge all the way? You never could charge it partial because that's if you charged it partial, that's as far as it would charge from then on. Yeah, that's a lot of the solar batteries are like that. I don't know if you knew that. For the big for the big generator solar powers, not the little stuff. The little solar stuff works great. You have a little solar panel that charges your phone out in the woods. That works great. You have the little, you have the solar panel that fires the little generator that keeps the refrigerator started and maybe runs your TV or keeps the freezer going. Those work great. But the ones where you want to, that you want to power everything, you want to power a home, you want to power more than one home, you want to power a neighborhood. Yeah, those aren't quite honed yet. Ask Tesla about that. Those aren't quite ready for what he's referring to as the solar wall. Plus, I don't know what they're going to use to build it, but uh, it's going to be tough getting two befores from Home Depot. Apparently, Home Depot's ripping people off. They're not selling full two-by-fours, and uh, there's a lawsuit pending right now. Those bastards. Those Oh, those bastards selling, telling you that you're buying two by fours, but really they're like two by three and a half. <laughs> wow. Are you getting ripped off? Are you getting ripped off? I, I would not take it. I, I would, I wouldn't take it at all. And then we had the big election that everybody's all wound up at in Georgia. Yeah, no, uh, no way. Uh, I noticed CNN. Uh, would not say that, uh, uh, what's her face? The lady that beat John Ossoff, Karen Handel. Uh, they wouldn't even say that she won. They would, the, CNN most of the night after the election said, uh, uh, Karen Handel didn't lose. Wait, what? Yeah, no, Karen Handel didn't lose. I know, but. She won. She beat. She beat us up. Uh, no, she didn't lose. A great stat uh, concerning that election in 2016, since it was a special election. Uh, in 2016, uh, the Democrat Rodney Stukesbury, no money, 124,917 votes. Ossoff, 23 million, 
124,893 votes. He lost votes. I think he ended up actually with a bigger percentage because there was less people that voted. Still, though, <laughs> I have money for nothing. Now, CNN uh, wasn't the only crowd of people that were flabbergasted uh, by the Osof laws. And if you want to hear some fine analysis of the Georgia election, uh, Whoopi Goldberg uh, explained it to us uh, on The View. The bottom line is, you can say it's a loss. I don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. I see that I Democrats are coming out, and they're not coming out perhaps in the numbers you want them to come out in. Montana, yeah, we, no, this kid, the man who ran Wait. against the gentleman who won, was would never have had not one iota of movement had changes not been happening. I'm saying I'm not looking at this as a loss. I'm looking at it as slow progress. The hell are you talking about? So she goes from Georgia. I may have to listen to that again. She goes from Georgia. The bottom line is to you can say Montana, right? And then back to Georgia. I'm here one more time. It's a loss. I don't I, see, it, I that see it that way. I see I that see. Democrats are coming out, and they're not coming out perhaps in the numbers you want them to come out in. Yeah, no, Montana, we, oh, this kid, Montana. the man who ran against the gentleman who won, was had not one iota of movement had changes not been happening. I'm saying I'm not looking at this as a loss. I'm looking at it as slow progress. Mm-hmm. That is some fine analysis. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-8192. That's 800-600-8192. The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. And the little voice you just heard a moment ago is correct. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, Instagram at JeffyMRA. So maybe I'll call my son in a little bit. I know he was uh, sleeping uh, when I left. I should have just kicked him and drug him out of bed and brought him in because I wanted to get his review of Transformers. We all went to see Transformers uh, yesterday. And, uh, you know, many people are saying, it's the worst movie ever. It's horrible. It's Transformers. It's what it is. Now, I have uh, invested uh, my retirement plan in Transformers. I don't think my son realizes that the investment uh, that he thinks are his toys are uh, are my investments for retirement because uh, I believe uh, 
I right now have about uh, enough to retire on, you know, for two or three bucks a month. But during that entire movie, all I could see was, there's a new Transformer, there's a new Transformer, there's a new Transformer, there's a new Transformer, and I could feel the money sucking out of my wallet. This is The Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. That it is. Okay, this story uh, cannot be. I'm sorry, I don't believe it. And if it is real, perhaps we need to, uh, I don't know, we need to rethink it a little bit. Now, a week ago, we had breaking news on Bill Cosby, right? I mean, the charges of aggravated and decent assault ended in a mistrial. And that happened, you know, during this program live last week, uh, about the same time that we're talking right now. Now, Mr. Cosby, who, look, I, I'm a Bill Cosby fan. I know that. And I, quite frankly, I'm tired of talking about Bill Cosby. And why are you talking about him? Because of this, this story that I have in my hands right now that I cannot believe is real. Okay. Now, we know that, look. Cosby's legacy is done. It's over. Right? I mean, it's over. And it probably should be if he raped those women. I know, I know, I know. But you've already ruined him. Okay, I don't know how much more of the people's money they're going to spend to try the man, but, you know, he's 80 years old, and, you know, we've been down this road. Right? I mean, he's, it's over. He doesn't have his, he can't do his act anywhere. He's not going to be doing movies. Maybe, maybe, maybe in 20 or 25 years, the Cosby show will make it back to Netflix and some obscure, they'll rename it like uh, (laughs) the show that had Bill Cosby on it won't be the Cosby show, but you know, it's possible because the show itself was, it was funny, but it's tough to, some of that stuff is tough to see now knowing what you believe to be true now about Bill Cosby. But uh, Andrew Wyatt and uh, Ebony Bunsen, a publicist uh, for Bill Cosby, uh, were on uh, Good Morning Alabama. And seriously, have we really, I mean, Good Morning America wouldn't have them? We're going to go on Good Morning Alabama Okay, well, maybe they're making the round on all the good morning shows, you know, for each state. God bless them. But it says here by the publicist that Bill Cosby is going to be holding some town halls around the country. And good. Good. I mean, maybe, you know, try to, you know, work in a little comedy. It won't be necessarily an act because if you have an act that people are going to show up and and, uh, you know, with their signs and you suck. Right? Well, Bill Cosby, according to his publicist, is going to be 
holding a series of town halls to educate young people on sexual assault. This can't, can't be real. It just can't be real. Can it? Benson said Cosby wants to hold these town halls because it's important for people to be educated on what can be considered sexual assault. Laws are changing. Laws are changing. The statute of limitations for victims of sexual assault are being extended. That's why people need to be educated, she said. You know, a brush across the shoulder at this point can be considered sexual assault, and it's a good thing to be educated about the law. Now, we know Cosby has been accused of sexual assault or misconduct by at least 50 women. See, that's what, oh, we've been down the Cosby road, but has only gone on trial for the assault of one. And, of course, that one said that Cosby drugged and assaulted her at his house in 2004. Of course, uh, you know, they're trying to schedule a retrial on the big Cosby drug case. Now, the good thing is, or the bad thing, depending on how you look at it, um, there's no official schedule for the town halls yet. But uh, look, they're planning on uh, at least a five-city tour. You know, quick stops in Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia. I mean, that's only that's only three, but they said five. Perhaps Bill needs to maybe. I don't know if he's heard of a thing called uh, the internet. Maybe he, you know, rents a space without a lot of people around and then he tells us what he wants us to know and we watch it on our own in our in our own homes not out in public and then Bill doesn't have to come out into public and face the crowds I think that would be the smart thing to do but I mean really if this is true he really that's I mean he's just missing being in the limelight He's missing feeling the crowds and the audience. And, I mean, that's why he was still performing. He, you know, he's been performing for a thousand years now. So now he just wants, he's going to find a way to perform again in front of a live audience to get the feel. I would say Bill, no. Bill, call me. Uh, I'm not sure uh, Andrew and Ebony have your best interest at heart probably a good thing for you just to you know what don't even do the internet thing you know what you should do is stay home maybe fight with the wife a little bit call the kids once in a while you've got security go out for a walk once in a while you know around the neighborhood close to home and if you want to go someplace you know away go just don't announce it just go. And what I would do also is I would make sure that when you're going, I would keep the windows up. You know, tinted. So people don't see. Bill, I don't think you understand. <laughs> I don't think he understands the deal. 
But uh, there are not a lot of people liking you, Bill. Whether you're innocent or not, whether you're guilty, uh, just I would say what I would do is stay home. That's my advice. Call me, Bill. Have Ebony and Wyatt give me a call. We'll uh, we'll straighten it out for you, okay? Because if you're actually thinking about doing town halls to educate people on sexual assault, hell, I could do that. Oh, you're not Bill Cosby. You know what? Maybe I'll go on tour with Bill. That's what I'll do. Bill, I'm offering my services. I'll go out uh, I'll go out on tour with you. We'll educate we'll educate people on sexual assault. Other news, Ferguson, Missouri. Congratulations to Michael Brown's parents. Um they're finally uh they're finally done with their lawsuit against uh against the city of Ferguson. Uh, they have settled their wrongful death lawsuit against the city of Ferguson uh, over the fatal shooting of their son. Uh, congratulations. That case is finally put to an end. We're not sure exactly how much they got, uh, how much they received. Uh, the judge didn't want it, uh, wanted it sealed because, you know, for their safety. The disclosure of the terms and the settlement agreement it could jeopardize the safety of individuals involved in this matter, whether as witnesses, parties, or investigators. Uh, the public policy to consider records open is outweighed by the adverse impact to the plaintiffs. Now, that's legalese for uh, they don't want people to know how much money they got. Now, apparently, the city has a cap. At $3 million. So everyone is saying uh, that, you know, oh, for sure it's under $3 million. It's, uh, the city can't pay more than that. It's a cap. Okay. I'll give you that. But uh, they also uh, made it clear that, uh, you know, look, it was a fair and reasonable compensation for this wrongful death. And it is in the best interests of uh, each plaintiff. Really? Okay, and also, uh, by the way, uh, we made sure that the you know the attorneys got got enough to cover their their services, so they got a cut out of that. And uh, we made sure that the you know the parents of Michael Brown were you know compensated for. It's so so nice of them, so nice of them, because you know that bastard police officer in Ferguson <laughs> after being attacked by their son, shot him. How dare they? I mean, that whole thing. But think of how much that's what that sparked across the country. Hands up, don't shoot. Wow. It was all built on a lie. Hmm. <laughs> Jeff, the Justice Department went into Ferguson and found ample Excuses for racism throughout the police department. Did they? And then they found this uh, during their investigation after the Michael Brown shooting. They all went in, they found out. And uh, the great Eric Holder and his team went in. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Weird. 
It seems to me, I remember uh, the parents of Michael Brown, uh, if not uh, the mother and father, for sure the father, uh, shouting uh, on film, death to police, death to white people. Uh, So it's good. Congratulations. They got that case settled, that wrongful death of their son, and I hope they... Spend it wisely. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher. Welcome to it on the Blaze Radio Network, Rich in New York. Welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Jeffy, what's happening? Another beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. Hey, you know, I uh, I appreciate your show because you're like one of the only shows where, you know, a conservative like me is allowed to actually criticize Trump, you know, <laughs> because, you know, he's... You're not, are you calling to criticize the President of the United States? That's it. Hit the button, Jeffy. Cut me off. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. No tapes. Hey, Jeffy, no tapes. Let me, let me tell you how laughable this whole thing was, you know, now that he's come out and said no tapes. I knew there were no tapes, okay, back when he called Comey a liar. Yeah, the so, world. Okay? Um, during that press conference he had where he was with some foreign dignitary yeah. or whatever leader. And... Comey's, the information about Comey's conversation with Trump had been out for weeks. People were talking about, you know, the Pledge of Loyalty, the Mike Flynn, and there were no denials from the White House or from the douche in chief himself. Okay. (laughs) Now, now during a press conference, Uh, Mr. Trump, or Mr. President, which I cannot stand calling him that. Mr. President, president. did you did you ask for a pledge? No, I did not. He he doesn't even he doesn't even think of it. Mr. President, did you ask him to go easy on Michael? No, I didn't. And uh, oh, by the way, Mr. President, are there any tapes? And right then I said, there can't be any because if there was any documentation, it would show he's a liar. So so I knew right then and there there was nothing and. And just to, but he can't bring himself since he already looked since he already tweeted that the possibility of tapes exist just to, for the the threat. He can't bring himself to say, "Well, no, there's not any. There's not. There's never any tapes. Or, I don't know of any tapes. Period. It was just a tweet." His his response was, uh, "You know, I don't have any tapes, but who knows? There might be some out there. I mean, I don't know. Somebody could have been recording it." When okay. when it came down to a he said he said between Comey and Trump, can we, can we examine the history of who the real liar is? How many times and how many different people has Trump called a liar? Isn't it amazing how everybody else is a liar except him? You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I got to say, there is something to uh, the compl- – I do – look, I, I am no fan, and I appreciate what you're saying. I get I Trust me. I got it. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate it. Okay. But there is something to the piling on, uh, uh, 
to the president. And, you know, we've talked about it before. I mean, there is something to it's just okay, enough, you know, enough. But it just never seems to stop. It's every single day. And it doesn't matter, uh, you know, by who. Uh, the press, the press is pissed. There's not going to be any. Uh, oh, what? There's not going to be any daily briefings? How dare you? I mean, I, I would just will go on record as saying, uh, Jeff Fisher uh, predicted that uh, months ago. Uh, I mean, I'm not a master legislator like Nancy Pelosi, but even I figured that one out. And this is what you got. Told you. Told you all along. From the very beginning, when it looked as though in the beginning, oh, he can't win. He's not going to win. And then he started, you know, beating up on people. And, you know, Lion Ted, Little Marco. It's just it's what you get. It's what you get. But look, he's a builder. It's what he does. It's probably what he does best. It's a builder. And uh, he's just thinking out loud. It's quite an imagination, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yes, I would. Yes, I would. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Here, welcome to the broadcast. How in the world are you? 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Now, most would say, isn't that, is that a beer? No, no. This is a Coca-Cola Zero, okay? Coca-Cola Zero. No, there's no alcohol mixed in. You don't need alcohol to enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola Zero. Now, has there been a... I Did I miss like a, a recall or something on Coke Zero? Because for a while, here in the Metroplex, DFW, there was kind of a, a lack of Coke Zeros. A shortage, if you will. And some of the big box stores like uh, Sam's Club and Costco uh, did not have the cases of Coca-Cola Zero. And some of the grocery chains uh, did not have uh, Coca-Cola Zeros at all. They had, once in a while, you'd have uh, some 12-packs. And once in a while, you'd have a couple 20-packs. But there were, that was it. And so uh, I'm just wondering what uh, was there, revamping? Uh, even the big box stores were, uh, you know, where you have, uh, and not not only the big box store, but the the petrol stations like racetrack and qt you know how they have uh, the soda fountains the soda and you go up and you get you know 
Pepsi, Coke, Coke Zero. Uh, there was no Coke Zero. I about went through the roof at Sam's Club because I thought, oh, okay, no problem. Like, you know, at least I'll get an ice cold Coke, Coke Zero on ice from the soda fountain, even though I prefer to have a separate can or bottle. The soda, eh, I mean, the soda Coke Zero is, if the syrup is new, it's okay. And if I mix the proper ice, it has to be just right, though. Sometimes I screw it up. I know it's a surprise. They didn't even have that. I couldn't believe There was no Coke Zero. I, I, had, I, I put, uh, couldn't believe it. Now, uh, maybe Coca-Cola had a glutton of Diet Coke that they needed to get rid of before it went out of date, which is very possible. So instead of creating Coke Zero, more Coke Zero, they just, we'll let Coke Zero run out and then they'll have to buy Diet Coke. And we'll just force them to buy Diet Coke and drink Diet Coke until that, until we get the almost out of date ones gone and then we'll create some more Coke Zero. That's possible that that could have happened. Or some of the grocery chains, instead of having the big cases, some of the grocery chains, grocery chains had purchased uh, pallets of 12 packs and 20 packs at a deal, and those were starting to get out of date. So instead of creating more of the giant cases, they said, okay, well, we'll let the grocery chains sell out of the sodas they've got in the back so they don't go out of date. Because what the grocery chains will do, the stores, at least back in the old time days, if Coke had a sale on uh, cases of Coca-Cola for you know two dollars a twelve pack, and you had a, and they would be running a sale for your chain at you know whatever three dollars a twelve pack or whatever it is, so you buy ten pallets, let's say for example, of of Coca-Colas at two dollars a case. Well. What you do is you want to order a little bit more so that when the Coke goes back to regular price, you're selling some of the Coca-Cola you purchased at the sale price. So you're making a tad bit more money on the same product. Uh, Maybe that was the case. I don't know. But I just, I'm glad that we're back to the uh, plethora. Of Coke Zero's. In the DFW area. So I heard Michael Pelka do a story about uh, a Middle East airline who's decided that they're going to try to auction off empty seats um, for their airline if people want to fly. It's a Middle Eastern airline uh, based in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, They said in a statement that customers would be able to bid for the seats at the time of booking with successful offers being confirmed 30 hours prior to departure. So you could bid on a seat next to you, and it would be your seat. It would be empty, and no one would be there. Well, I'm surprised. Now, he told the story of uh, Montel Williams, but uh, I, is, is, is am I missing something that if I wanted to buy another seat next to me, and I mean, I, why can't I? They make, they, they make me, if they think that I'm, oh, you're obese and have to buy an extra seat, they make me buy that. So if I bought the seat next to me, and just wanted it to be open, uh, you know, so. And then if you're on the plane, I mean, I've flown on a number of flights and not in the last couple years, but uh, prior to that, uh, when the airlines used to have, you know, a couple of extra flights more, more than they do now, 
because they like to keep them, you know, overbooked now so that every plane has, you know, 18 zillion people on it and you're shoved in there, you know, shoulder to shoulder and nut to butt and that's the way it goes. And you get dragged off if, if they have a pilot that has to get on. Not that that happens. But uh, if you get on a plane and let's say I sit down in row B and row B has two people in it, me and another person. And yet, uh, in back five rows, there's three or four rows open. Well, either after the plane takes off or if the uh, stewardess, the stewardess, allows it. I know it's the flight attendant. It's the flight attendant. I got it. Don't look at me like that. If they allow it, you can just go back there and sit. Just go back there and sit so everybody has more space. I've flown a bunch of flights like that. That's ridiculous. The airlines are starting to get out of control. I'll tell you that right now. And I'm still pissed at the guy that got drug off the plane. I, I'm pissed at him. I'm mad at the people, the other people on the plane that had such a, oh my God, I can't believe what they're doing. I'm mad at them. I'm mad at the airlines for dragging him off. Because the guy should have never been drunk off. He should have got off on his own. The people on the airplane are so upset. Why didn't one of them stand up after the fourth or fifth time that they said, we're going to have to drag you off if you don't get off the plane? And he said all through the time, I can't get off. I'm not going to get off. I'm not going to get off. Somebody, no, somebody so heartfelt and hurt that, look, this person, he's not going to get off, and I don't want him to get drug off. You know what? I'll come off the plane. Why didn't that happen? So that whole thing. I hope they never get their business back. I'll tell you that. That's all I'm saying about the airlines. And they come in, I, I, <laughs> the flight path at DFW, they are coming in to, well, DFW has, I think, three or four actual landing strips that they use during the day. Two of them all the time. Uh, I mean, those planes are coming and going all day long. And two at a time, baby. And then they've got uh, they've got a f- couple of far ones. I mean, DFW is this huge airport. Uh, uh, actually, the land that it's on is bigger. When you think of uh, New York, I mean, think of Manhattan. DFW Airport has more land than Manhattan. Okay, so you remember that when you fly into DFW and you taxi. For 18 hours before you get to the terminal, that's because you've actually landed in Montana. I mean, it's big. So, I mean, you you taxi <laughs> quite a ways, quite a ways. But that's why. But anyway, they this airport cranks it out. It's, it's amazing to me how many planes come in and out of here every day. So the airlines, when they start crying poor, I just look up and, okay. All right, yep, that's you guys. You guys are poor, that's for sure. That is for sure. All right, so what's left? You know what, I, I was, uh, I'm looking at uh, some stories about uh, when Amazon uh, bought Whole Foods and now what's going to happen and if they're going to fire all the cashiers and how they're going to, uh, what they're going to do to the industry 
And uh, there's big stories on that. There's also big stories on uh, uh, now uh, if if you're in an industry, and we've talked about this before on this broadcast, if you're in an industry that hasn't been disrupted uh, the way a lot of other retail businesses have, um, it's coming. It's coming. So be ready. Over, I mean, over 58% of executives report that they have invested over $100 million in data in order to get ahead of the curve. So it's coming. And Amazon is just, you know, the first. And if you're still doing things the way you've always done them, start thinking about how to do it differently. Especially any kind of business. Oh, my gosh. You, you guys, I mean, Amazon now with Whole Foods. And, I mean, we live in, in the Metroplex. And there are a lot of places around America that aren't so close to distribution centers for Amazon. But, I mean, I can, <laughs> I can order something from Amazon Prime now on my app. It'll, it'll be here before the end of the show. And they're, they, what they want to do is they want to be able to just, I want, they want me to go, yeah, I'd like this case of Coke Zeros delivered, you know, and I order it and I push order. And about two minutes later, the case drops on my house. I mean, that's what Amazon is hoping. And I, I'm a fan of that. Man, you need some more Coke Zeros? Boop. And they're at the house. I ordered, uh, I mean, I ordered... Some books, I mean, not for me, I don't read, but some books the other day. And I mean, they're, they're there. Hello. I mean, and they're there. So I'm Amazon Prime, big fan. But like Walmart's trying to catch, try to catch up a little bit. I mean, Walmart doesn't quite do that. Now you can order, you can pull up to Walmart and they'll bring it out to your car. I mean, that's kind of nice, right? I mean, it's kind of nice. I like that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stores that are, you know, delivering now with the, with the, I'm trying to think of the one app. Ah, I can't remember the name of the app now, but you can get, they, and it's for free. Yes, you can, you know, tip the people who are delivering, but I mean, they'll, they go shopping for you. You can send them a list, they'll shop for you, bring it to the house. And if they don't have the particular product that you wanted, they'll text you and say, hey, uh, they're out of Heinz ketchup. You want Hunt's? I mean, of course the answer is no. Go someplace else to get Heinz, dummy, is the reply. But bring it right to your house, right then and there. Hello. And for a little bit more money, need me to put this away for you too, sir? (laughs) Nope, I already got a wife. But, you know, if you don't have a wife. And now they're concerned about the malls across America. I mean, stores are closing down left and right. We've talked about it here. Brick and mortar stores are gone because people are able to, oh, I don't know, order on the Internet and have it delivered to their home. It's not the same as just going to the store and being able to feel the blouse and the fabric. Uh-huh. Well, there'll be a few stores for you to go to, but, uh, you know, good luck. God bless. 
because Amazon will drop it on the top of your house in two hours and you'll have the blouse and then, and then you'll be good. Now, I believe that what was going to happen to the malls uh, is that, uh, you know, ESPN will start having drone races. They've just signed a big contract for drone races. And you can start using the malls for their drone races. Those are the tracks. I know. Look, an imagination, huh? My idea. <laughs> Donald Trump's got nothing on me, I'll tell you that. But. I think what they're going to what they want to do is either a they're going to take some of these malls and just completely knock them down and make warehouses because they need distribution centers for companies like Amazon, like Walmart. What's left? I mean, you've got uh, Google. We every every week we think about what what's actually going to be left, and it's coming fast. Uh, Amazon, Google, Facebook. Pretty soon, uh, either Amazon or Facebook will probably buy Netflix. <laughs> Might as well. Uh, Netflix sold for $832 billion. It was cheap. So that wouldn't surprise me. Google or Facebook. <laughs> I mean, Amazon's doing their prime uh, production, so it's, it's going to be Google's turn to, get, uh, to buy Netflix. So you'll have... Uh, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Walmart. Anyone else? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I mean maybe some of the bigger grocery chains will uh they probably would they would beat Amazon. Uh with the Whole Foods. I mean Amazon's got the Whole Foods, but they're not going to take on uh the major Grocery chains, probably. That's that's a tough sell. So you end up with maybe four or five grocery chains across America. You need distribution centers for all of those. So if you're if you are doing it things the same way as always, think again. I mean, I, the old story of uh, of uh, making a roast and cutting the the ends off the roast when you make the roast before you bake it. And the little girl says, uh, asks her mom why she cuts the ends off the roast. And the mom says, I don't know. We've always done it that way. Ask your grandma. And the little girl goes to her grandma and says, Grandma, how come we always cut the ends off the roast uh, before we bake it and put it in the oven and bake it? And the grandma says, I don't know. Ask your great-grandmother. That's the way we've always done it. The little girl goes to the great-grandmother. Says, great-grandma, how come we cut the ends off of the roast before we put it in the oven? And the great-grandma says, I used to cut it off like that because I didn't have a pan big enough. Think about it. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So I'm scrolling through Facebook. You know, one of the four or five evil companies left. 
And I see a, a text uh, post from uh, one of the people on my timeline who talks about lightning just hit our house and drywall just exploded all over our bathroom from the ceiling and fried an outlet. Now, I see the response from my wife. Obviously, everything's okay. And she was uh, you know, outside taking pictures whenever there's a huge lightning storm. That's what she does. But her belief... I, it, She won't let anybody take a shower when there's a lightning storm going on because the lightning might hit the house and you maybe get fried in the shower. And I'm like, it never happens. I mean, it never happens. And now I got to see this in my timeline, which just makes her believe that she's right. I mean, you should be able to, right? You should be able to. Take showers during a lightning storm. Nothing's going to happen, right? Right. Absolutely. All right, we've got Daniel on the line in Florida. We've got Greg on the line. We'll talk to them uh, when we come back on the other side. Um, Talk a little bit about uh, what's left in the future. The companies of the future here in America. Because there's not going to be many. There's not going to be very many at all. And... The sad thing is the companies that are left, at least for now, do it better. So, thank you. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Power Saturday. The Blaze Radio Network. Oh, dude. Where's my music? Hey. It's Power 93 Saturday. Blaze. Take the third caller. Quest Sunday. Get your lunch hour started early. Please. All right. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Greg, you are on the broadcast. Welcome to it. Yeah, hey, Jeffy. Next time you and um, Glenn and Pat and Stu are talking about all these future companies, you have to remember about the documentary with... Um, What's his name? Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. I believe three seashells are involved. <laughs> and but basically, it reminds us that the only restaurant that's going to still exist will be Taco Bell. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I will remember that. It's a very important company. And, you know, look, those companies are, uh, they've got to stick around, too. We've got to think about the fast food. I mean, that's going to be tough now. They're going to have to change. I'll tell you, there are, like, McDonald's. Uh, you know, and we can talk about, you know, menus and all that. But there is a McDonald's in this neck of the woods that is probably the prototype of what a McDonald's should be. They've got the double drive through And they head them up and move them out, man. Whoever runs that store, they need to train McDonald's all over America. 
because that particular McDonald's, man, you that line can be out to the road, and they you it's like you pull in, order, and you you almost you almost don't stop. I mean, obviously you do, but you almost don't stop through that. You just go in number five, pay out, gone. They are moving, and you get lulled once in a while because not far from that McDonald's in the same lot, just over a little bit, is a Burger King. And you pull in, and you think, oh, look at all those cars at McDonald's. There's nobody at the Burger King. I'll go to the Burger King. <laughs> Bad call. Bad call. Because by the time you're out of the Burger King parking lot, uh, McDonald's parking lot has already gone through three rows of cars. They were, I mean, it's, you get lulled into this, oh, hey, nobody's at Burger King. There's a reason no one is at Burger King, okay? Because <laughs> they are not following that game plan. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. Now, I don't eat McDonald's. I'm just saying that I noticed how impressive their particular business model is. Daniel, you are on the broadcast. Welcome to it. Hey, Jeffy, how are you doing? Today? I am fantastic. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hey, so I think I know what the future of America's mall could be if there's nice. visionary companies ready to do it. There was this building in Korea. I think they call it the 59 building. It's a huge tower. The entire thing is nothing but a self-contained entertainment complex, complete with roller coasters, arcades, restaurants, you know, tilt-a-whirls, Stores that right. families and young people would shop at for going there for fun. You can literally go there and lose yourself for a week before you realize the time has passed. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and these malls are so huge, you could do something, you could do the same kind of thing. You know, something like that could be so popular, especially because people, um, you know, in places where the weather tends to be adverse during certain times of the year, and it might have to actually make the malls bigger. Well, I mean, that's what they, I mean, that was kind of their plan with the Mall of America, right? I mean, that's, you go to the Mall of America, you get the same thing. But those, to refurbish some of the malls that are left, there's going to be an expensive, an expensive on-taking. So, I mean, if you would like to donate some money to the mall revitalization plan that I have now started, uh, it's a nonprofit organization. It's called the mallrevitalize.org. And uh, we'll take any money you got. And we're going to start revitalizing the malls across America and putting roller coasters in the mall. Checks in the mail. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So, uh, story from Florida this week. Um, it's kind of scary. Yet, I don't know that I. I don't know that it's uh, it's good and bad. Why is my hold on a second? I cannot continue to talk if my computer is going to run out of battery and I plugged it in. Why is it out of battery? Stop, I can't. Where the heck is the plug? Who unplugged? Did someone come in and unplug my computer? It's possible. I know it is. I know it is. I know you don't. You don't. Listen, there's a reason you don't hear this kind of stuff every day. Okay. Uh, I know, I know, I know. I got it. I understand. It's okay. So, the story that I started at, which is, I mean, it's good and it's scary. So, a guy goes on vacation, 
from uh, uh, some city in Florida. Yeah, there's a ton of them. Goes up in Tennessee and he's river rafting around and he loses his camera. Drops it in the river. And he figures it's gone. That's gone forever. It's been a couple years. So some other guy comes along two or three years later now, fishing, netting, whatever he does, and he finds the camera. He says, hey, I wonder if the card is still good. Takes the card out. Takes it home. Plugs it in. Oh, my gosh. Look at all the pictures. We should probably try to find this person. I'm going to post some pictures on Facebook to see if anyone knows who they are. Within eight hours. Hey, that's Bill from Florida. I'll tag him. Hey, Bill, here's your pictures. Look at these. And Bill says, hey, thanks. I, you know, I want my pictures. I thought they were lost forever. And maybe someday I'll go up in Tennessee and thank you in person. So just remember, <laughs> remember what you have on your, uh, on your video file, on your photo file, because <laughs> I don't, what I have on my photo file, I don't want found by anyone else. And I most definitely don't want them on Facebook going, Hey, is this you? Nope. It sure isn't. Well, it, I mean, it kind of looks like you. Nope, it sure isn't. And speaking of uh, Florida, you know how crazy Florida is, right? I mean, Florida is out of their mind. And Texas is, is starting to uh, starting to play a role in that uh, craziness across the United States. But Florida still is number one, uh, no question for, oh, well, so let me just say crazy stories. And so to keep us abreast of those crazy stories is uh, ChuckInFlorida.com. Greetings from Florida, Jeffy, where I will not be on tour with Bill Cosby. Oh, really? That's a shame. I will, I though. decided he, you know, I've been talked to several times about it, but I had to turn him down. Uh, that's a shame. It couldn't work out the time, money. <laughs> yeah, all that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so money, what do you especially. Have? They'd take a lot of money. <laughs> What do you got for us? I know Bill is uh, getting ready to do a tour, and so that he uh, teaches uh, young people in town halls uh, about sexual assault, and that's uh, very well. Nothing uh, exciting. quite exciting as sexual assault stories in the state of Florida yet from the crazy file. However, something tragic, something very disheartening, and and quite painful to read today. Oh no! Man ditched car after crashing into Doritos truck in Orlando. <laughs> I'm sorry to why, say, why did he just the Doritos were not recovered? No, oh, there's, nice. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was very scared for a while. Thankfully, my truck comes from another neighborhood, uh, not in Orlando. But uh, yeah, they. <laughs> you have a Doritos truck. They had, they had struck a Doritos box truck uh, late in the evening, uh, about two fifteen a.m. When apparently the cops were in the neighborhood, saw the people actually drive away in a truck following them. They left the car and abandoned it there with two handguns in there, apparently. I guess when you got the munchies, you know, what are you going to do? You got to do it. I, my favorite, I used to have a friend that worked for Lay's. Oh. And uh, I'm not saying that uh, he brought home uh, a lot bags of and bags. bags and bags <laughs> of chips, but he brought home a lot bags and bags of chips. That was a good time in my life. Sure. Anything sure. else? Oh, yeah. We got fun stuff today. Uh, deputies in the villages bust suspect of running a chop shop for golf carts and meth lab. 
The villages. The villages. I'm a the big fan of the villages. The largest growing city in America with 148,000 retirees. <laughs> and they're all living in one large neighborhood. Apparently, a young woman, Kathleen Unrath, decided to move in with her great uncle and take care of him while she's just running the largest meth lab in, in Central Florida for the villages. Nice. Well, the villages, I got to tell you. Um, there's all there's plenty of stories that doesn't surprise me at all. That place is is, uh, uh, is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it it has uh, they have all kinds of um, how shall we say um, STD uh, stories, sexual disease stories. Yes, right. we'll just leave it at that. Uh, all all the time. So it doesn't Every surprise week. me. It doesn't surprise me that uh, they're you know why not why not be cooking meth. And uh, why not be selling oh. drugs at the at the villages? Because, Apparently, that's uh, not all they're doing. Because you know, it is the largest uh, center for golf cart sales. Because that's the preferred mode of transportation around there. And they really trick them out. I mean, there's some Cadillac style golf carts going around the villages. But uh, this lady was running a chop shop where apparently they found several stolen parts from other <laughs> other uh, golf carts in the neighborhood, and they were they were souping them up right there in the garage. Nice. Yeah. That's nice. You know, and it's been uh, it's been a, a while. Since uh, since we've heard uh, from former Vice President Joe Biden, but it really likes the villages. At one time, he was uh, actually singing the praises of the villages. The villages, America's friendliest hometown. The villages. Has that really been confirmed? I've heard several stories, but I mean, he's never owned up to it, has he? That's a former vice president, uh, Joe Biden, uh, singing uh, the villages and the how great they they are. America's friendliest hometown. And uh, does he need to own up to it? I I don't know. I mean, it kind of it really looks like him when you uh, and kind of sounded like him too. You know how how uh, good old. Uh, Never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to leave it alone because I've seen the video enough to say if it's him, it's just scary as hell. <laughs> You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Villages. America's friendliest hometown. The Villages, America's friendliest hometown, The Villages. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Earlier this week, we also found out uh, a little bit of uh, what was in uh, the bloodstream of Carrie Fisher, the actress. Now, I would venture to say that this is, was just, you know, she had struggled with uh, drugs for most of her life. And I think this was just to get her through the day. I mean, she had cocaine, methadone, heroin, ecstasy. And then she also had uh, some prescription drugs, Prozac, Ablify, Lamptical. What is Lam? I should have Lamptical. It's got to be for uh, crazy. It's got to be for crazy. We'll look it up here. 
got to be for crazy. And she had some oxycodone in her system, which she did not have a prescription for. So she just, you know, snagged somebody's, I got a headache. Uh, you need a hydro? Yeah, here's a hydrocodone. Okay, that'll, that'll set my heart out. It'll be fine, no problem. Uh, an anti-epileptic medication. Oh. Also called an anti-convalescent. Oh, all right, that's, that's one, she had a prescription for that. Ablify and Prozac. I wonder what Ablify does. I don't. I don't want to try the other stuff, the anti-epileptic stuff, because I. Abilify. Depression bipolar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So along with uh, along with Prozac. Okay. So you now she struggled with that, but. Oh my gosh, everybody was talking, everybody had this fit of, oh, she must have been so stoned, it was so horrible. I don't think so. She was coming back from Europe. She had ecstasy and a, a trace amounts of ecstasy and heroin. So that was from some, you know, little get together a while ago. And, you know, she had a little cocaine. So the cocaine, the heroin, the ecstasy, that was all from a little party, you know, a little get together. You do a little, who doesn't have a party and do a little heroin, a little ecstasy, maybe do a couple of rails. You know, just to get you through. And she's doing methadone. That'll, you know, that stops her from doing some of the harder other painkiller stuff. That's what they usually use. And uh, she's got her she's got her uh, prescription drugs. And uh, she takes a handful of hydros from somebody because she's got a headache or her back hurts. And she wants, you know, she doubles up the methadone with the hydro. And, uh, you know, she's feeling okay. She's got to fly back. And uh, then she has a heart attack. And uh, she never wakes up. And maybe that's why the family just wanted, uh, didn't want to give access to the toxicology reports, and you only have limited access, and that's what you get. Yes, our mother struggled, and that's the way it is, but uh, you know, that's all you're going to find out, because this doesn't makes her look bad enough as it is. I, You know, look, she struggled with it all her life, and she was just trying to get through the day. I feel sorry for her. I mean, that's, you need that to get through the day? It's sad. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Uh, coming up uh, on this broadcast, uh, we've got some other stories for you. You don't care about this broadcast. I want to tell you about what's coming up on the on the network. All right. So, immediately following this particular show is a show hosted by Lawrence Jones. Now, Lawrence apparently has better things to do. He doesn't care about you. But he does care enough 
to get someone worthy of you coming in for this broadcast. So, co-hosting, I shouldn't say, we'll just say stepping in, because Lawrence isn't going to be here, so he's not co-hosting with Lawrence. He's going to be filling in. Brad Staggs. Brad Staggs doing the Lawrence Jones show. You won't even be able to tell the difference. You won't even be able to tell the difference. If you're listening, you say, I thought Jeffy said that uh, Brad was filling in. And then I'm told that Brad is going to have a co-host as well. I don't know why. Uh, he's going to be uh, joined by Brandon Morse from The Blaze today on The Blaze Radio Network. And then uh, Mike Slater, Joe Pags, that's your Saturday lineup on The Blaze Radio Network. Uh, Sundays, a brand new lineup on The Blaze Radio Network starting at 6 a.m., Jackie Daly. Then 8 a.m., uh, David Barton, Wall Builders. And then 10 a.m., uh, Bill Handel, Handel on the Law. And then, uh, actually, I got to redo that. I got to think about it. I got to do that Easter time, Eastern times, right? 6 to 8, Jackie. 8 to 11, David Barton, Wall Builders. 11 to 2, Bill Handel. 2 to 4, Yarn Brooks. I mean, is there a reason for you to listen to something else? No, <laughs> no, the Blaze Radio Network. And Monday through Friday, Doc Thompson, Glenn Beck. Who's after, let's see, there's Doc, there's Glenn. And then there's, there's Doc and there's Glenn. And then there's, let's see, Monday through Friday on the Blaze Radio Network. And there's Doc, there's Glenn, and then... Before Doc in the morning is a replay of the Pat and Stu show from the day before. And then before that is a replay of the Glenn Beck program from the day before. And then there's Doc. There's Glenn. And then there's... And then before the replay of Glenn Beck at midnight is... There's a... There's the Buck Sexton. No, there's a replay of another show. Buck Sexton is on in the evening. 7 to 10 on the Blaze Radio Network. But then there's a show or something. Chris, oh, Chris Alcedo. Duh. Chris Alcedo, 2 to 4 on the Blaze Radio Network. And then 4 to 6 is Pat and Stu. And then Buck Sexton. <laughs> Buck Sexton. And then there's a replay of a show. After that, before Glenn's replay of a show that airs right after Glenn. What is that show? Do we have, is there a lineup? I could go, oh yeah, the blaze.com slash radio. You can go to and get the lineup. That I'm sure has that person's name. Why can't I remember? Yes, I am. I'm having a stroke right now and I can't remember Michael Pelka's name. Okay. <laughs> it's a good excuse. Hi, guys. You got Doc Thompson, Glenn Beck, Michael Pelka, Chris Salcedo, Pat and Stu, Buck Sexton, Monday through Friday on the Blaze Radio Network. You happy now? You happy? Good. I hope so. So, what would you do for a million bucks? Really? You would do that? Wow. 
Now, a lot of people would say, I don't know. I wouldn't do too much. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do this. I mean, there's a lot of things that people would say, I don't want to do anything. Uh, I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. Just wouldn't do it. And that's good for you. You could say no to anything. But there's an old guy that uh, buried treasure, a million dollars, in the mountains. And he's dying now. And he's left a treasure map. And people are going out and about trying to find the treasure. Now, there are some people who have gone to find the treasure and lost their lives. It's very sad. He's not forcing people to look for the treasure. He's just saying, hey, I buried the treasure out there. Here's a map. Here's some, well, he gave clues. He didn't give a map. He was giving clues as to where he buried the money. And see if you can go find it. And now people are losing their lives. Now, he claims that he could still go out there. Uh, he's actually old and dying and laying in his bed. So if he were able to actually go out into the wilderness, he could find it again. Thanks to his very own clues. Well, good for him. Good for him. Now, would you go out and search for someone who said, uh, hey, there's a million dollars. Here's some clues. It's the red stone with the shadow of the sun and a pine tree to the west. I mean, I'm not sure what the clues are what the clues are, but it seems, I don't know, might be worth it, right? It might be worth it for a million bucks. Just to, you know, go out and, I mean, it might be worth it to send, oh, I don't know, let's say, let's say you have a 15-year-old son and you have a wife who loves to go out into the wilderness and camp and, you know, they've, they've got the camping equipment They've, they've got the wilderness survival equipment. I mean, wouldn't you think about anyway sending them out and saying, hey, why don't you go camping and here's some clues, see if you can find this particular item. Because we used to go out and, and uh, do um, uh, was that letterboxing. It's called letterboxing, where you know you have the clues, and you try to find the letterbox, right? And you find the box, and it's out in the woods buried, or it's buried underneath a tree, or it's over here underneath a rock. And you find it, and you stamp. You take the ink, and you make the stamp, and you leave your mark in the letterbox, and then you put it back where it is so that someone else will come along and find the clues. So I think I'm setting, I'm setting my son. And, uh, you know, if, if there were, if you were like some people in America and, you had son that's almost an eagle scout and a, a wife who loves to go camping and and survive in the wilderness and you would you'd think about oh, here's some clues that you could you know go find the million dollars you think you could do it I don't know. I would. I think uh, if those of you that are trying to reach my wife in the next week, 
she'll be gone. And so will my son. News that I thought would be tremendous news that was sent to me earlier this week, and it's obviously fake news. Right? This I know this is fake news. I'm reporting fake news. But it's such good fake news that I want it to be true so bad. Confirming the widespread rumors that Sean Spicer would be departing the office in short order, President Donald Trump has chosen InfoWars chief and renowned conspiracy theorist Alex Jones as the new press secretary. Come on now. I want it. The fiery Jones wasted no time getting in front of the cameras, holding his inaugural press conference shortly after the announcement. I am the new press secretary. Occasionally taking a handkerchief out of his pocket to dab perspiration from his red face. Ah! Beating his chest like a gorilla. Press sec- We're coming for you, globalists! 1776 will commence, you wicked, wicked devils! He added before mumbling something about gay frogs. Press Secretary Jones concluded the conference early, dismissing every person in the room after announcing that only... Infowars and Breitbart reporters would be allowed to attend press events from this point forward. Go ahead. Tell me. Tell me you don't want that to be true. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? Good. Glad to hear it. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio, Instagram at JeffyMRA. You know what I just tasted? And I'm going to tell you a little inside baseball because uh, we'll probably have a spoon segment on the Pat and Stew show next week. But I just tasted the Oreo jelly donut cookies. Now, of course, I mean, it's Saturday morning. You have to have donuts. (laughs) Now, I'm not joking when I say they would be so much better with milk. (laughs) Oh, man, it would be so good with milk. But Nabisco and Oreo, you guys are hitting the ball out of the park. These are really, really good. And the thin mint Oreos are tremendous. The idea of even thinning down the cookie part and the middle section, tremendous. Because I thought it was going to be... You know, the thick cookie with the thin. No, the entire thing is thin. I mean, it. I don't know that it crushes the Girl Scout Thin Mint, but it's really close. They are really good. The jelly donut kind of leaves that jelly donut cookie aftertaste a little bit. No, Jeff, that's because you've eaten 
20 of them. Oh, oh, okay. So one or two is fine. That's correct. What's the serving size on Oreos? Serving, serving size, two cookies. Well, I've had that. 150 calories. What? Like 75 calories a cookie? Ooh. No trans fat. Zero grams of trans fat, so I'm good. Thumbs up to that. Zero milligrams of cholesterol. Tell me it's not heart healthy. Tell me. 80 milligrams of sodium. 10 milligrams of potassium. Uh, the the sodium, 80 milligrams, is only 3% of the daily value recommended. So you've still got some, some going on there. Uh, the total carbs are 21 grams, which is 7% of the recommended daily value. Um, dietary fiber, and you're not getting any fiber. You are getting some sugars, though, just 12 grams of sugar. Twelve gra- Only 12 grams of sugar in one cookie? That's not bad. So the 150 calories per serving, uh, two cookies. Uh, calories from fat, 60 of the 150 are from fat. So even less than half. Less than half of the calories per serving of an Oreo cookie is coming from fat. So these, I mean, really, these are good for you. I'm going to stick with that. (laughs) You know, I used to work for Oreo. I was thinking about this. I told the story earlier today (sighs) off the air because I was remembering working for Oreo and I would know, well, Nabisco. And I, I worked for Nabisco. And it was there, you know, you'd go into the store and you'd see what the, well, this store needs 18 boxes of saltines, 22 Oreos. We need a new Oreo display built up front. And because we've got new jelly donut Oreos coming in, we want to have a display with those. Okay. So we did that. And um, I did that for a little while. And I had a friend who, when I was out of work, Gave me a, uh, get, you know, got me a job working for them, and I did that for a while. Now, I will say that it's unbelievable the amount of damaged packages that come when you're delivering Nabisco goods. I know, weird, <laughs> right? Because you'd think, hey, this is a big company. They know how to ship products, but I know. I mean, this is a few years ago, so maybe they've gotten better. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> and you can't leave, look, you're, you know, if they're damaged bad enough, you can leave them for maybe the driver to pick them up, but the driver doesn't have time to pick up that stuff, so you just put it in your car. You don't want to leave. The driver's delivering the goods. He doesn't need to be picking up stuff like that. You just throw them in your car. Drop them off back at the back at the offices, but you worked from home. You never went into the office. Yeah, well, you know, we get there. I was actually I was going to start working for them full time. That was kind of a part time. Uh, you know, you worked on commission and what the stores did, and they gave you so many stores to take care of, and uh, you serviced them. That's what you did. You drove around the stores, made sure they were right, set up the displays, that kind of stuff. And uh, you went there, you know, once or twice a week or whatever, you know, needed to be done for those stores. And I was all ready to become uh, 
they wanted me to come become full time for Nabisco. And I remember going to a meeting with the powers that be. They had uh, you know the new salespeople or whatever they wanted to call us, and we were there, and they were going over you know the the Nabisco doctrines. And uh, I was all ready to pick up my equipment for my in-home, you know, service. They had the, you know, the fax machines and everything that they were providing for their salespeople out on the out on the road. And uh, I remember telling a couple of jokes at this meeting and getting nothing for them. You know, a couple of people, a couple of salespeople, <laughs> but nobody in the Misco management was laughing. I mean, those guys were like. You know, the white shirts and the ties. I mean, I, I, I'm going to chuckle. So we get done with the day. And uh, are you ready to pick up your equipment, funny man? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I'm here to pick up my, you know. Okay. And are you going to more jokes for us? And, I, you know, I, I say something that I think is remotely funny. Nothing. So I took the equipment, I put it in my car. I drive. I remember driving home, thinking, "I know, you know, yes, I can't work for these people." And uh, I got home, and I remember, I still remember the house. My wife, my my first wife was was cooking dinner. I'll never forget walking in the house, and she goes, "Oh, how'd it go?" And I was like, oh, "That was great. I got the equipment in the car." And oh, good, good. Yeah, I'm not going to be working for these people. <laughs> I will. I know I'm out of work and I'm a slug and, uh, you know, I'll find another radio job, but I'm not working for these people. Okay. They got uh, about the sense of humor as a, as a toad. Somehow dinner wasn't as good as it was going to be weird. Huh? Uh, yeah. Well, honey, I mean, I'll find another job. Don't worry. I know this is a full-time job with benefits and everything, but Look, I'll find another job. I'll get radio. I'll get another part-time job in radio. I know. That's the problem. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? How in the world are you? So, I see this story earlier this week that talks about, I had an affair, and now I'm stuck with the woman that I had an affair with, and I don't want to be. I want to be with my wife. I want to be with my wife. I don't want to be with the woman I had an affair with. Then why did, I mean, okay. Obviously, the first question is, why did you cheat then? If you love your wife so much, why did you cheat? Everyone knows the answer to that. Everyone knows the answer to why you cheat. Okay? And most of the time, and you're going to, I'll be on tour with Bill Cosby next week. Uh, most of the time, 
Uh, it's because you just, you know, you still love your spouse, but at the time, at the time, you, uh, this person is better. Just for a short period of time. You know, 10, 30 seconds. That's just, this is the way it is. You know it and I know it. Now, obviously, the answer is don't cheat. Stick to your commitment. Love the spouse that you're with. Very simple. Very simple. You and I both know that. But there are some particular people who are more prone to cheating. And I found this list from late last year. Um, it's a dating site. And it's now it's, the dating site is uh, Victoria Milan. It's geared towards those who are married and attached. And they did a survey of over 5,000 of their female users on their dating and cheating habits. Okay. So, what job types the cheating women say are most likely to cheat on their spouses? IT workers on the list, right? Online cheating on the rise, social media, dating apps. IT uh, spends a lot of time online, they're on the list. Another person on the list who, uh, you know, might be a profession that might be more likely to cheat on their partners, a stay-at-home mom. Being a mother can be stressful. Perhaps this is what leads to the infidelity. Or it could be the fact that she is at home without her spouse for most of the time, leading to more opportunity to cheat. The assistant, I'm not sure what that means, the assistant. We've all heard the cliche of the secretary having an affair with his or her boss. Turns out there's some truth behind it. Firemen. Really? The divorce rate for firemen is a surprising three times higher than any other profession. Maybe it's because of the sometimes dramatic work they do. Right, that's it. Maybe it's the weird hours. Right. So the firemen make the list. Professions that might be more likely to cheat on their partners. Uh, Real estate agents. I think we all know why real estate agents are on the list. Plenty of places to have an affair at for free. I mean, that's why you become a. That's why you become a real estate agent, right? Right? Educators on the list. Teachers have one of the highest infidelity rates. We've all heard of the student-teacher scandals. Unfortunately, these teachers are giving one of the most respectful professions a bad name. Yeah, I don't think it's the infidelity teachers that are giving the teachers a bad name. I'm just saying. I don't think it's them. Look, we could do, do a couple more stories on all the teachers that are having affairs with their students. Those might be the teachers that are giving us. Educators a bad name. 
Uh-oh, we had firemen. Of course, you have to have the police. Cops see a lot of traumatizing things like firemen do, which we can only imagine leads to stress and exhaustion. Another thing, you've heard of badge bunnies? Really? Come on now. They are women who seek out married policemen to have affairs. I got to get a badge. I got to get a badge. Are you a police officer? Yes. <laughs> uh, can you get in trouble for that? Is that impersonating a police officer? I mean, that doesn't count as impersonating a police officer if I'm not trying to make an arrest, right? Right? All right, the top 10. The top 10 most likely that cheat professions. You thought we were done? No way. Communications. I'm in the top 10. Don't tell my wife. The first group gets a nod from uh, Victoria Milano. Communication professionals, journalists, PR reps, communication specialists. Oh, that's not me. It makes sense that this group might have a propensity for cheating as journalists tend to travel a lot, which can put a, a strain on a relationship. These people also tend to work in corporate settings and high-stress positions. And as we will see, that can be a huge contributing factor to infidelity. Ooh. Look out. The legal. Those damn legal people. Legal includes lawyers, legal secretaries, prosecutors, and judges. The legal field, like many others on the list, is filled with long hours, late nights, and high stress. It's hard not to see why sparks might begin to fly in the courtroom. (laughs) Oh, nightlife and hospitality. Come on now. You know that's, I mean, that goes without saying, right? Although we're saying it. I can only assume because the nightlife tends to be young people's game, so fewer bartenders, dancers, and DJs have spouses to cheat on. That's why this is so far uh, not uh, farther down on the list. Well, that's possible. Uh, according to the Washington Post, bartenders and dancers are most likely to get divorced from their spouses, which suggests something about the service industry lifestyle. Maybe at odds with maintaining a relationship. People who work in bars, clubs, and restaurants tend to be drunk around their colleagues a lot. And yes, that leads to a good amount of partying, hookups. And if you manage to stay married, cheating. <laughs> you know, I watched an old, I watched, was watching an old Rodney Dangerfield comedy bit on The Tonight Show. And man, there's some stuff that he could not do today. Which reminded me of, which reminded me, you know, when they talk about uh, getting drunk and having, uh, in today's world, oh my gosh, you're having sex with a woman and she was drunk? I mean, that's damn near rape. And, I mean, Rodney Dangerfield did nothing but <laughs> talk about getting girls drunk. And that's, I mean, that's how he had sex. It's the only reason. Anyway. Throw it to the doctor that- Told the doctor I had VD. He gave himself a shot. Anyway, the artist. <laughs> the artist. Oh, yeah. Artist. Sports. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Most likely the cheap profession edition. Business people. Oh, yes. Those nasty business people. Healthcare people. Oh, doctors, nurses. Yeah. Doctors tend to make a lot of money. And according to this blog about lying on your profile, men who make more money or say they make more money are way more likely to get messaged on the site. So when you go to the site, one personality you need to be is a rich guy. The other personality you need to be is a policeman. <laughs> You're looking for badge bunnies and doctor bunnies. Aviation. Oh, of course. Hello. Pilots and stewardesses are almost never home, so they imagine stewardesses. This is a 2016 story. What are they, Me? Flight attendants, you mean, are almost never home. So I'd imagine that it'd be hard to maintain a marriage. Also, according to a study by Tinder, and who doesn't believe their studies, being a pilot is the sexiest job a man can have. The one that will get him the most right swipes. Oh, and then they mentioned flight attendant later. And flight attendant makes the list at 13 for women as the sexiest things, as the most right swipes. For Tinder. Wow. That's interesting. I wonder what number one is for Tinder. The right swipes. If you're going to be a Tinder ho, what's number one? Tinder hoes, man. I'll stop now. Financial sector, number one. So you got pilots and stewardesses are those flight attendants. And the financial, of course, finance tops the list of the most likely profession to cheat. It's a big cultural stereotype, but according to Victoria Milan, it holds. Sorry if that hurts your feelings, finance people, but apparently something about the culture of the finance industry promotes adultery, and it's not surprising considering some of the financial and gender-based trends we've already discussed. (laughs) So, so, if you're asking yourself, I, uh... I married, uh, <laughs> I had an affair and now I'm with my, now I'm with the woman I had an affair with. I'm stuck with that woman and not my wife. And you're asking yourself why? Well, maybe you can use that as an excuse. Oh, it was my profession. If I, only I wasn't a, a successful business person. Oh, when I had that affair. Damn it. Damn it. So anyway, good luck with that. Have fun with it. You know what the answer is. Don't cheat. (laughs) This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. You're ready, uh, close to wrapping up this broadcast already on the Blaze Radio Network. Some would say it went by fast. Others would say not fast enough. 
Uh, coming up uh, right after this show uh, is uh, Lawrence Jones, although Lawrence, uh, he apparently has better things to do uh, than talk to you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he is. I don't know. All I know is that Brad Staggs is sitting in for Lawrence Jones. And uh, then there's some guy named uh, Brandon Morris who works for the Blaze. He's going to hang out with him. That's all I know. That's it. So Brad will be here uh, taking over for Lawrence Jones. You won't, but you can. And you're not going to be able to tell the difference. You're going to think, hey, wait, I thought Jeff said that Brad Staggs was going to be filling in. It sounds just like Lawrence. I know. I know. But that's the case. And then Mike Slater comes in after that. Joe Pags, that's your Saturday lineup. And uh, Sunday we've got uh, uh, Jackie Daly at 6 a.m., Wall Builders at 8, right? 8 to 11, 11 to 2, Bill Handel, 2 to 4, Yarn Brooks, the new show. Uh, All on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, so good news uh, from uh, the government. (laughs) Who says Trump isn't doing anything? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Grizzly bears, once on the endangered species, being taken off the endangered species. So the Endangered Species Act protection is going to be lifted on the grizzlies in the Yellowstone National Park. What does that mean? We're hunting grizzlies. Oh, yeah. We're going grizzly bear hunting. That'll be fun. It'll be fun. Bear hunting is fun. And you get yourself your own little bear stuffed. Stuffed up one of them big old bears. I have a I have a cousin. Oh, he's kind of an uncle cousin that has been big game hunting all over the world. And he has his game room. And it's really... It's surreal because you have stuffed bears. He's got a he's got a, a black bear and a brown bear. No polar bear. Couldn't get the polar bear over the border. He's still working. Him and the buddy are still working to get the polar bear back. And I mean, he's got uh, he's got cantaloupe, antelope, oh, any animal you can think of. Have you ever seen the galloping cantaloupe? I know, not many people have. He's got one on the wall. And congratulations to Rhode Island. Uh, They're going to authorize highway camera systems to uh, start finding uninsured motorists. Eh, Don't worry about it. Oh, look, there's some license plates. We'll scan the license plates. Oh, he doesn't have insurance. Fine. I I think that's nice of him. And uh, Rhode Island, I want to thank you for that. Because heaven forbid, I don't want to forget to pay my insurance. I don't want to be on the road without insurance. I want you to just bill me for it. And by the way, those uh, cameras, uh, A, not all of them work properly. And B, the one that caught my wife running the red light, I think that was broken. (laughs) I think that particular light was broken. Okay? Because I know the picture was there and there was the car and she was in it and there was the whole thing in the middle of the intersection with the red light, but I think it was wrong. I think it was wrong. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.